0: Hello, and welcome to the Total Mental Performance Podcast, the one and only mindset podcast dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs and coaches master their mindset, giving you insider access to industry leaders around their psychology, their campfire stories, and the mindset required to be successful in this business. I'm your host, Kieran O'Neill, mental performance coach and founder of Total Mental Performance, the world's fastest growing specialist mindset service dedicated to the fitness industry. So without further ado, let's lean in and listen. Yes, team, another week. Another Total Mental Performance podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I have TMP Mindset Academy legend, Chris Wright. Chris joined from the very beginning and he showed a real solid leadership in, in that group of coaches uh, that we have in our academy. Uh, he is the founder of FitLab and he's a former competitive bodybuilder. Chris, mate, thank you so much for
1: jumping on. Mate, it's an absolute pleasure. Pleasure. You've had some amazing coaches on here, so it's, uh, it's great to join them.
0: 100 percent, mate. 100 percent. Well, run us through. How did you get into coaching?
1: of course so I think like naturally like a lot of coaches you know started out very sporty backgrounds played a lot of sports when I was younger and I think I always had a bit of a passion for you know like the fitness industry side of things really I think I wasn't unconfident um, as a teenager but I definitely wasn't as confident as I am now and I think that was a big turning point for me as well you know wanting to get in the gym for the for that reason and also to aid the sports I was playing at the time so sort of rugby athletics um, I was swimming and played, played football when I was very young as well so I got in the gym at 16 and, and from there really just became obsessed with the the process just enjoyed it saw the changes it was having to me and the effects it was having on my life started to get you know more attention from from other people my friends started seeing and of course the performance aspect as well you know rugby and stuff like that started to improve and and from there really just uh you know decided to go into it as a career I still remember when I was 16 years old I actually got my first gym membership and uh, I lived in Cheltenham that's where I grew up and I used to go up race course every single day on my bike to the gym and uh, I was just so committed to it. Even if it was pissing down with rain, I'd get home from school, sling my school bag down and I had an off-peak membership at the time anyway. So, you know, I'd make sure I had to be there before like four PM and you know, cycling up that hill every day, getting to things first, Cheltenham and I just just loved it. I really grew passion from that. Uh got obsessed with the process and, and from there just naturally kind of carried on. Did that whilst I was uh like a teen and then from there decided to go to uni and study um, and I did sport science at uni and, and again like really sort of you know amplified my knowledge a little bit more then that's where I got into the personal training side of things so I did a personal training course whilst I was at uni and um, it was like almost like a little bit of an add-on um, and then from there got my first job um, as a PT which was at David Lloyd at the time kind of went through that and enjoyed that a lot actually a lot of people probably don't know this about me but got fired from my job at David Lloyd um, I've been fired from two jobs in my life now once for dropping a glass bottle on poolside as a lifeguard which is definitely not something i would recommend uh, and, and this time with david lloyd as well it was it wasn't for you know particularly bad reason but um didn't do a pool test uh you know she hit the fan a little bit and got fired and then from there it's when i went into self-employment as a personal trainer went to pure gym built up a career there really enjoyed it and then after that obviously we hit our first lockdown in 2020 and then that was a very like pivotal point for me you know i was really enjoying the coaching but my income just you know completely slashed because I didn't really get any grant or anything from the government. That's when I went all in for the online coaching, got my first mentor, uh, really started to build the platform on that. And again, I just got obsessed with it. I, I kind of found my passion. I found, I guess, like my purpose and um, built. And then from there, just naturally, it's grown and grown and grown. Uh joined the OTE, which is obviously how I met you. And, and it's just kind of escalated, to be honest, mate. And, you know, launched Fit Lab a year ago and with, with the rest is history. So, yeah, it's, it's been amazing. Love that. And just
0: share where you're at today with with FitLab.
1: Yeah, so i'm I'm very happy we're at right now. So we've got um, come sort of just over 80 clients in the business, which is good. i have got my first coach on board who's absolutely smashing it, got kind of various people in the team now from sort of like ranging from copywriters, you know content creation team, uh, you know kind of things like that. and I'm um, just just so happy to be having such a good impact now and really living you know my passion and my purpose. Towards, uh, towards FitLab coaching now when we're just constantly looking to expand and, and I guess just have an impact on more and more people really. So to be honest, I, I couldn't be happier with the journey so far.
0: I love that. I love that. From a mindset perspective, I know there's a lot of coaches that look up to you and they'll probably see you just as this guy that's crushing it. He's growing at a pretty quick rate. You know, he's taking on board staff members now. He's in f- incredible shape. He looks at all of that and they must think, nah, Chris kind of struggled with mindset.
1: No, surely not. But I suspect it's not as as easy as you make it look. It's it's not 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 at all. Even even to this point now, you know, with the coaching that from from you, which has been incredible, but. know i still wake up with 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 constant anxiety really i feel like i kind of live in a uh, in a state of anxiety but it's that i've really learned to deal with it now and i know you know how to get through the the kind of stress and stuff that that we have of running a business um a big quote for me actually that stands out from you is is when you mentioned about you know fear being like fire so if it's something we use well it can be one of the most powerful things we've got but if it gets out of hand it's destructive so i think i always keep that in the back of my mind and you make sure that my mindset is just as strong as my body which is something that i think is so important that a lot of people probably don't get
0: 100 what would you say some of the darker moments in your journey of coaching and even might even be in your personal life because a lot of people look at the end result they forget there was, there was tears there was toil there was moments that were so difficult
1: yeah I, I've, I've i guess it's, it's it's been a lot of bumps along the journey i think probably one of the the ones that stands out for me is is when i competed so I've done one competition and um, I can honestly say it will, it will be my last one. And that's not because I've got nothing against bodybuilding, but it was a point really for me where I was I was coaching at the time. It was actually when I just got fired from my job at David Lloyd. So that on top was, you know, escalating things a little bit. Prepped to my first show, did that. And then I think it was just the aftermath really. And I know like a lot of people kind of talk about that. They, they, they kind of warn you, you know, you've got to be careful after you've you've dieted down to to this level and this kind of stuff and you know i kind of took it on the chin a little bit and then after that just kind of got myself in a bit of a state really with with my eating um my behavior around foods uh, just, just how i felt about myself and i've never ever struggled with body image really even when i was younger you know i was never never unconfident, but when I gained, which was probably about, geez, like maybe like eight kilos or something in this space for a few weeks, it was like, shit, you know, I've got, I've got quite a lot of weight here to lose. No one would look at me from the outside world and be like, this guy's out of shape. But I think me personally, I struggled with my body image a little bit at that time. I was still face-to-face training. So, you know, I was going in the gym, I was seeing people, and I remember a few of my clients would be like, wow, that your face is blown up a little bit. And it would and all these kind of comments and stuff, mm. you know, that they, they kind of did get to me. And that was that was difficult as a coach. You know, I always I've always um, strived myself on someone that's always in shape. Um, and I want to set a good example and where my habits at that point. You know, weren't really where I wanted them to be. That was difficult to overcome, and I did get—I I got there in the end. Uh, you know, it probably took a good sort of six to nine months to really come through that period, and then that's when the, the first lockdown hit, and I just channeled all my energy, all my focus um, into online, kind of got through the the problems I was facing, and um, and from there, I would say I haven't struggled as much, you know, with with the mindset side of things. And there's always been a few bits, but. I think, you know, since since joining the academy, it's kind of just gone from being okay to, to really like having a, a bulletproof mindset that I feel like now I can really deal with with most problems that, that I face.
0: It was interesting because um, you, you brought up the, the bodybuilding stuff during an eating disorder work masterclass. We brought in uh, our very own Dr. Kate Blackford to talk about eating disorders, what are they, and coaching considerations. So if you're coaching clients, things that you need to be aware of.
1: You had a big realisation in that one. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. I think for me now, like it's, I'm almost glad that I did go through that. You know, I look back now and I'm like, I don't, I don't know whether I had an eating disorder or not. It's, it's, it's not something that you know doesn't really matter to be honest. That I know how I felt, and for me now, I'm, I'm so focused on the client's journey. Like it's, it's such a, big, like it's such a big thing for me. I'm not just about getting someone like shredded and then not, you know, taking care of them after. So very much focused now on like this is the journey. You know, this is the steps that you need to take after the journey to stay in shape for life and I've done it the wrong way from the competition and I've done it the right way you know I've done like two photo shoots since that competition where I've you know arguably dieted down to probably just as good condition but I've I've really understood the process that comes after that you know I know how to reverse diet now to get my calories back in again I know how to you know not go on the the sort of the the binges and stuff that we do and I think as I said I'm not against bodybuilding and and I totally respect people that do it but it's not for me it's definitely not uh, you know, a pillar really from Fitlab. We we absolutely love coaching people to photo shoots. It's probably what we're renowned for in some areas. But you know, the competition side of things is something that I think having a bad experience myself. I, I personally probably wouldn't uh, you know coach someone to that level unless I was I was very confident afterwards. I, I think for me as a coach now, if if I get someone that comes to me with that kind of goal, I'm in a position where I probably would you know find someone else that I think would be better suited to them because I just don't feel like I'm kind of you know is in that in the same level of understanding when it comes to, to competing and stuff like that. But as I say, you know, nothing against it at all. It's, it's definitely an incredible sport, but having that bad experience for me is something I definitely don't want to see anyone else get into as well.
0: I hear you. And you're quite an all nothing character. So we talk a lot about king, warrior, magician, lover in the academy. And if you've listened to this um, podcast a lot, you'll have heard me mention it before. But Those that are just picking up the podcast now. There are four key archetypes. When it comes to market when it comes to mindset and here are the four archetypes one is the warrior chris has an incredible warrior the warrior is the part that's aggressive not like chris is an aggressive guy but aggressive in their approach let's get shit done let's go and they work and they work and they work and they work and when shit hits the fan they work even harder which is great because you really do get to work but the puzzle with the warrior is it's also the part of us that leads to burnout it's the part of us that leads us to isolate ourselves from those mm-hmm. around us and we just get that laser focus then we have the magician the magician is that creative part it's the part of us that comes up with ideas it's a part of us that solves problems it's the part that really enables that creativity and problem solving element to come in downside of the magician is that's where anxiety lives and you mentioned there's a low key level of anxiety which perhaps if you're up for it we can dive into do a little bit of laser coaching on, on this podcast it could be fun but that that's where the anxiety lives. That's the downside of the magician. And then we've got the lover. The lover is the part of us that wants to take care of people, our partners, our families, our clients. But an ineffective lover puts everybody ahead of themselves. And finally, we have the king. And the king is the part of us that is strategic. It looks after the entire kingdom. It takes that outward view. It zooms out, it takes that outward view, the long-term strategic play, and it really starts to focus really starts to concentrate on what has to be done versus what the, what the warrior wants, the magician wants, what the lover wants. And then it goes to work. So you've had a really, really strong warrior. And I think that's shown up in the bodybuilding and it does also show up in, in business. And I've got a strong warrior too, and most people that are part of TMP have got that. They want to win. They want to grow. They want to scale. They want to push themselves to the levels that they, they know they can. Um, But it also had its downsides. And I remember there was a, a period of time when that
1: warrior really, really took over, if you remember. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think that's something that, again, is something that's, that's really uh, helped me because I didn't really understand these archetypes before. And I guess a lot of, uh, like a lot of entrepreneurs, I kind of started off with the whole, like, you know, we've got to be grinding 24-7. We've got we've to have, like, four or five hours of sleep a night to get to where we want to be. And I definitely got into that mindset at one point. And, you know, I did just run myself into the ground. And I do remember that point where I, when I reached out to you and said, hey, I'm, I just... I don't even want to reply to messages anymore and you know I'm, I'm losing the love for it and stuff and that that was a big shock to me because as i said at the start this has always been my passion it still is my passion and um at that point i was like you know something needs to change here and that's when i was i was at my peak so i think i was coaching about 75 clients then just on my own you know no, no one else in the business and it was it was stressful and you know, that point is when I decided, look, I need to take on a coach. And I think it was, I just about onboarded the coach when I, when I reached out and it was almost this really difficult time. I was like, you know, I, I need to get him in, but I've got so much going on right now in the delivery side of things that I'm struggling to onboard. And it was like a, the balance side of things was difficult. So the warrior definitely came out then, but, um, you know, we got through, um, I did take some downtime. So definitely, definitely relaxed a little bit and then kind of pushed through. And, and now it's, you know, it's, 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 a really nice situation that I mean, cause I've got a great coach on board that gets, you know, Great results, um, and I'm always confident now that when someone you know does inquire, um, I don't have to use the warrior to constantly sort of like you know, get them up on time and 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 do all the calls and stuff. I've got someone that I can I can really rely on now. So yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting one.
0: That's it. And um, what did you say you learned from that experience? What did you, what did you learn that that really helped you reprocess that in terms of what the the kind of stuff that you that you taught? A bit of both. So that experience, because there's going to be coaches that listen to this that are taking on board their first coach. And on top of that, I've got lots of clients coming in, and they're going to be thinking, "Oh my god, I'm overwhelmed and stressed." So, what did you learn from the experience, and then also, what did you take away from the academy?
1: Of course, yeah. I think you've got to um, just—you've got to know your limits, really. I think if you're a good coach and you're passionate, you're going to want to help as many people as you can. You know, like you're constantly going to want to take on more and more and more and more. I mean, even if you're not in it for the money side of things, like you just want to help people, and that—that's a really good trait to have. But there becomes a point where you just can't physically do it, and I think you know, you can't pour for empty cups, you've got to to make sure that you're, you know, you're still at your best all the time. And I think for me, I probably got to that point where I wasn't delivering as, as good service as I would have liked to have. Uh, so I do think, you know, if you're a stressed uh, coach, you're overwhelmed. And, and I think everyone's got different limits. So you know, if you listen to this, and you're a 40 clients 50 clients and you, and you feel like that is absolutely fine i think you know having a reaching out potentially looking to build a team and getting someone else on board even if that's not necessarily a, another coach you know you could look at an accountability coach or, or someone else that can take uh, some of the the weight off your back which can really help you sort of you know carry on living your your passion your purpose instead of making it something that's actually not fair anymore
0: so what you're talking about there is production capacity yeah Everyone
1: has a different co- production capacity and
0: it's not about what somebody else can do. It's not about what friends or, or other coaches in the industry are doing. It's about what you can do. It's about the pace at which you can travel at. It's so easy to compare and get caught up. Yeah, but they've got this many clients. They don't seem stressed or they've got this or they've got that. But really, once you learn, this is my production capacity, this is what I'm good for. And past this point is where I'm going to have a bad time. Once you learn that, Once you accept that, that's where you really start to grow. So you really start to move forward. So it's great that you've been learning about your production capacity. So here are some of the things I think coaches need to think about in terms of production capacity. One is how many coaches can you, how many clients can you coach? Not how many can you coach and then drop all your other responsibilities because as a fitness entrepreneur, it doesn't work like that. You can't just only coach. So Mm -hmm. how many clients can you coach?
1: How much content can you get done? And... How can you continue to work on the business whilst being in the business? I think for me now, like you say, like I, I'm, you know, I'm, I really want to grow as a business, and I guess I know my limits now. You know, personally, I, I probably wouldn't want to be coaching too many more than fifty clients, I'm just over that at the moment. But then naturally, with Dan on board, we're starting to kind of even things out a little bit. But but yeah, this is the key thing. I I, I want it to still be. You know, creating content, obviously having downtime, and kind of like making sure that I'm I'm spinning all the other plates in in you know to build a business. So I think it's just understanding those things um, and I'm bringing people on that can help you. Um, I've also got a virtual assistant now as well. You know, really really good. She's she's helping me with obviously the kind of direct messages side of things, a few things in terms of the delivery and touch points. Again, like massive weight off my shoulders. So I think it's just that uh, you know knowing when you're kind of at your limits and really kind of looking to, to try and you know do something about it almost. I do think there's an element sometimes of pushing past that and, and understanding and feeling what it's like to be overworked. I think you've sometimes got to be in, in the trenches a little bit to actually understand that you know enough is enough now and you need to, to do something about it. So I'm kind of glad that I did push up to high numbers, felt that the, the pinch of everything was, was working hard seven days a week, uh, you know, girlfriend probably started to hate me a little bit, but I'm always glad that I got to that point and uh, and, and put the effort in because I knew that something you know needed to, to kind of change. And that's when I started to uh, look at bringing on more people and, and, and really building a business instead of just a sort of one man band, which I've, I've always kind of been really.
0: Yeah. 100%, and you have to go to your limits to know where they are, because otherwise you're always playing with yourselves. And then you restructure, you regrow. And once you understand your production capacity, that's where you can hit consistency and you keep moving forward and going and going and going, um, which is exciting. So if you're up for it, I'd love to chat about the low level anxiety because there's only so much that you can really achieve in, in a group setting, because in a group setting you're receiving a lot of information. You're asking questions there's back and forth, but sometimes this stuff creeps up. And if you're up for it, I'd love to do some laser coaching and just, Share some insights, that could help. And if there's anything that comes up, mate, that you you don't wanna share, more than happy to to cut that out of the podcast, but uh, if you're up for
1: it, it could be fun. Yeah no I'm I'm open I've, yeah I've i I've, I've, you know I've got nothing to hide really um I think for me like it's it's just anxiety as a business owner with you know like am I going to lose clients like is this this is going to fall apart at some point I still think that to this day I'm like you know at some point I'm going to crumble and and this is all going to kind of fall to shit and the reality is that never happens but it's it's something that I've I've kind of never been able to fully shift if I'm honest and I still do something sometimes I do get quite caught into the figures and you know sometimes you know we can't constantly look at things month to month and and get too obsessed with the numbers and it's something that I'm still working on to try and develop you know to come away from it but as I say like it's it's something that I'm definitely learning to deal with better now but I think something I remember listening to a, a podcast before and it really stood out to me some guy mentioned that if you're a business owner you need to be prepared to be punched in the face every day or something like that and it kind of just made me think like actually this is kind of true really like you know constantly you're going to be in battle. With uh, people that have got problems, uh, and, I, and I think that like, the more clients you've got, the more the more issues you face. Really, so yeah, it's kind of along those lines that I've I've struggled a little bit.
0: Excellent. And every high performing coach that's driven experiences that fear of failure. That oh my god, what if this goes wrong? Getting caught up in the numbers, but it is getting you do need to get to a place where you look at that, and it's almost like you are just looking at data. So numbers might be up, numbers might be down, but that's fine and fear of failure is okay it's understanding where does that come from so what we're going to do now is an exercise and you'll have done one of these before i'm going to put some boxes around this because sometimes when we have these anxieties or these fears or these, these doubts we're just not aware of where they're popping up and where they're not and awareness is the first part awareness and being able to identify that is always the first part of what's happening so where in your body would you say you experience that low level anxiety one that's
1: creeping in daily I, I say it's born in my head, for sure. It's, it's definitely like, yeah, brain. And is there pressure or no pressure? I'd say like reasonable pressure, for sure. Hot or cold? i say hot. Is it heavy or is it light? Uh, it's, i say it's, it's light. It's light.
0: So what we're doing there, for everybody that's listening, is we're putting boxes around this. Because sometimes we have these feelings, we're so unaware, we don't know what's happening. But we know that in Chris's head, you've got reasonable pressure, it's hot, and it's light. So now that we've got an awareness of, well, this is where I experienced this feeling that you've labelled as low-level anxiety. Now we can put boxes around it. Now you become a lot more aware of it because you know, okay, well, actually, it's this feeling. And when that feeling comes up again, instead of it just slowly creeping up on you, you would be like, ah, it's back again. And that awareness can just slow things down. What would you say, um, when would you say this comes up worse? When when does it get worse?
1: I guess like sort of afternoon, evening time, I struggle to switch off often and, and you know i've got these i've got these things online and, that, and that's something that i've improved on a lot you know like we've we've set boundaries and stuff with uh, the phone i've, I've invested in a work phone now so you know i've got uh two different uh two different phones i can use and but yeah i would say it's it's, it's kind of maybe in the evening time and I'm, I'm kind of you know dwelling over something and it's uh it's yeah it's kind of sat there and and sometimes it's subtle to shake off but as i said the evening routine and morning routine I've, I've kind of got into now is starting to definitely improve on this are there other times when this comes up feeling so we've got the evenings when we're trying to switch off sometimes i'm like a, I i sometimes get it a bit on like a like a sunday evening or something like that as well and it's the element of you know of of overwhelm of the week and uh, is everyone checked in Who's not checked in and you know is this client gonna um you know leave or whatever i i get that sometimes as well um but yeah it's uh it's kind of something that's not every week i suppose but definitely definitely every now and then
0: so run me through this When you're experiencing this, this low level anxiety, what is the belief about you as a person? Because all of us have these limiting beliefs and you're a confident high performer. But underneath every confident high performer, there are lines of code in your subconscious mind. There are these limiting beliefs that are driving this fear or this anxiety that's that's ticking along. So what would you say the belief is about you as a person when you're experiencing these moments? Begin that with I, I am, or I'm not.
1: Uh, I guess it's the I. I'm not delivering enough of a service to my clients. You know, I'm str- I'm struggling to get the, the the same amount of effort that that I'm giving them. I'm, I'm struggling to yeah, you know, get them to uh, to invest into me as much. I, I've kind of gone past the imposter syndrome side of things now. Like I, I don't doubt my ability as a coach. Um, you know, the results that that I deliver, I'm very confident with, and I know what I can do. But i think it's just that it's just a certain certain times where there are some clients that um i just hope that they're happy with with the, the service they're delivering i hope that they're fulfilled that they're feeling like they're getting good value that they're, they're going to get the result that they've obviously you know invested into
0: so let's go a layer deeper because there's a worry about that so we're talking on a behavioral level am i delivering are they getting whatever they need so what do you think a person that's wondering about that
1: a layer deeper potentially could be thinking about himself or believing about himself. I, I guess you know, potentially they see the results that I'm getting. They they see the the kind of the impact that that potentially other clients are having from the program and they feel like maybe they're not good enough. And maybe it's the question of, oh I'm, you know, I'm not succeeding here. I'm I'm struggling to kind of, you know, match the sort of level that that Chris is asking for me. And it's it's not working. So I guess I sometimes get into that to that mindset.
0: So can you see where you're putting a pressure on yourself to deliver? Even though the results that you get are delivering, but there is an element of, am I delivering? Mm -hmm. And that creates pressure. And when there's a belief underneath the system of, am I delivering? Am I doing enough? There's something that's happening that I think is probably linking to, am I doing enough for the client, which equals results? As you know, top coaching isn't about spoon feeding them. It's about giving them what they need in the moment. In order to get that that result so let me ask you this if you were to shift that low level anxiety what would happen
1: I'd be to definitely better channel a lot more energy into what's important into delivery and and you know generally hitting probably higher performance and you know not not worrying so much enjoying downtime more you know generally just yeah just just feeling better I suppose
0: if you had the opposite of this feeling or this belief what would the opposite be so imagine I'm a surgeon, and I go into your mind and go, right, here's that that bit of anxiety, low level anxiety. Take that out and put something else in.
1: Confidence in, in my service, in my delivery, in, in my ability as a coach to get someone a fantastic result and change their lives.
0: Boom. Can you think of a time when you've had that confidence?
1: Yeah. So uh, for me it's like, you know, it's it's not just photo shoots, but that that for me always triggers a very, very happy emotion when I see a client, you know, behind the camera, happy, smiling, you know, knowing they've, they've, they've put in a shift and seeing, you know, how they actually look uh, behind the camera and, and on the day for a photo shoot. It's always been a very like powerful emotion for me. Yeah.
0: So what we're doing there is we're identifying what is the limiting belief, and what's the limiting emotion. And then we're also replacing that. We're making Chris's mind aware of the opposite of that. So think about that photo shoot feeling. Confidence, I believe in myself as a coach is the belief that you've already identified. I believe in myself as a coach, I back my delivery, I back my
1: team. Where in your body do you feel that? That's definitely, yeah, that's, that's definitely in the heart. That one, that's heavy,
0: and is that pressure?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, it's hot or cold? Hot,
0: excellent. So, the exercise we've just done there is we've helped Chris identify well. What is that emotion? If you're listening to this back, have a think about it. If you resonate with that emotion, just start to write the answers to these questions down. You've been able to understand, well, where does he feel that, that limiting belief in that emotion in his body? When is it worse? When is it coming up? And then we've also identified shifting that and being able to get to that layer deeper and having that confidence. I believe my, my, myself, my delivery. And it's not black and white. People think, well, I believe myself. Yeah, sure, there's all these little, little moments that creeps in it's in those one to two percent tweaks from a mindset perspective that can really change the game so chris mate thank you for for sharing and, and opening up on that one final question if you had achieved total mental performance don't talk about the company don't talk about us or ourselves as, as the tmp coaches but if you achieved what did the phrase total mental performance mean to you if you had it how would you know
1: it's about for me it's about matching you know your body your 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 physique to having a strong mindset as well and um, for me i've you know, I, I've always trained, I've always been strong in the gym, I've always had a good body in some areas, but my mindset is something that it's definitely not work. So it's matching your body, a strong physique with, with a strong mindset as well. Because unless you've got both of them, then I feel like you're always going to struggle uh, to really achieve high performance. And I think that the kind of pillar that TMP is built off is very similar to what we do at FitLab as well, because we're not just about getting someone in great physical shape, but we want someone to become mentally in the best shape of their lives as well so feeling good lots of energy you know really hitting high performance in in multiple areas of their life so that's really what i've established at tmp it's about building a, a, a bulletproof mindset that can match your body as well love
0: that. chris where can everyone find you
1: uh instagram's probably the best place for me so chris Wright PT PT uh is my instagram handle i'm not really a a massive facebook person but um my facebook page is, is the same as well so you go and check me out on there too
0: wonderful Guys, drop us some love. Give us some feedback on the the pod. Chris, mate, it's been a pleasure having you in the academy. It's been a pleasure having you on the pod. And uh, go give him a follow. He's a top bloke, really, really good guy and a high performer. And I'm just excited to see his journey as he continues to grow and scale. Chris, mate, thank you so much. Thanks, Kieran. It's been a pleasure so that's us for today team i want to say a huge thank you for spending this portion of your life listening to us a couple of things before you disappear if you're not already following us on instagram you can find all of our daily content on mindset and hitting peak performance at total mental performance or our website www.totalmentalperformance.com if you haven't already please subscribe or you'll find us on spotify uh, the apple Podcasts, and all the other various different platforms big love thank you ever so much and we're looking forward to speaking with you soon